0: Hello, and welcome to Walking the Earth Podcast, the podcast about the travel lifestyle. I'm Justin Castle, calling in from New York City, New York.
1: And I'm Mike Margulies, calling in today from Owings Mills, Maryland. Uh, And our guest today is Justin Cook, calling in uh, from Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. Justin, how's it going, man? Good, man. Fellas, I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it's awesome having you on, man. Yeah. Um, Yeah. and Folks who aren't familiar with Justin already uh, listening, Justin is uh, has a business, EmpireFlippers.com, where you're helping people essentially buy and sell websites through your marketplace. You've also got a podcast of your own where you're talking about online business and all the, those related topics, uh, Empire Podcast. Uh, and all, Overall, just I think you're just living a badass lifestyle. You've set yourself up with a true you know location-independent business. You're living out in Southeast Asia. Um, yeah, doing an awesome thing. You're you've made a actual, really good business that's uh, giving people a lot of good service, and you're able to live the lifestyle at the same time. So, uh, yeah, Mike, it's, it, awesome it's crazy.
2: It, if I went back eight years ago, there's absolutely no way I think I am where I or I am today. Like in <laughs> Southeast Asia with the business, I would have said you were absolutely crazy. It's not. It, it just it, you know it wasn't. I didn't have a plan for this until like a couple of years later. So yeah, it's it's, it's been a pretty wild ride, man.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, so what, that ride for you, um, can you take us through, like, highlights of that ride?
2: Yeah, so, uh, you know, my, my current business partner and I, you know, we've known each other a really long time, even going back to where we, at one point, had a mortgage company. And this is back in, like, 2004, 2005. And we were <laughs> in the U.S., we had a mortgage company, and, and a couple of years later, you know, the mortgage crash hit. And so our company tanked right so I was forced <laughs> to go get a job uh, Joe was forced to go get a job and so we went to go work for a local SEO company uh, in California and we were working for them and and uh, we quickly kind of built up our base we were you know mid-level managers for the company we had maybe like 60 70 people working for us um, and we were hiring like That's crazy because this company's going through a lot of growth right and so we used a, a virtual assistant that we had in the Philippines from our previous mortgage company we said look you know, they said we need to hire more people. We said, look, we got some contacts in the Philippines. We never many contacts with one girl. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> right? we, we think we can help with this. So let's see if we can do some of this work offshore and do it cheap, right? So we started to talk to her, and you know, one person led to three, and she hired a couple more. We actually went out to we flew out to the Philippines for the first time. Well, we were still working for our employer just to kind of see what the operation looked like, and we realized we built a sweatshop. So Uh let me (laughs) explain that. This this (laughs) girl had like six people, seven people working out of her home, and it looked like she had them kind of like slammed in this closet area with this rickety (laughs) AC, and we were like, holy shit, dude, what are we doing to these people? (laughs) And we go back to our employers. We're like, look, guys, like we we don't want to be sweatshop owners. We should probably do this legit and get them an office and get this set up. And, right. and they said, you know, we're not sure we're interested in owning a bunch of furniture and setting up leases over there. And so Joe and I were like, huh, that's interesting. Maybe there's an opportunity. And we, would right. you know, we were gu- gun shy after our failed business uh, in the mortgage industry. So we it was nice to go back to working for someone, but we had an itch, right? Like that itch, like, right. oh, I, I just, I don't want to be, you know, we liked our itch. jobs. Yeah, we just yeah. had to go do our own thing. And so we, we got together in an Outback Steakhouse and over some <laughs> <laughs> beers and, and you know, blooming Bloomin onions, yeah. we, <laughs> we, nice. uh, we we actually sketched out, like, a plan for how we we're going to approach our bosses and, like, you know, go through the PowerPoint and show them how we we're going to save money and set up our own Philippines company. And so we actually did that. So we, we you know, got off the napkin and put it into a PowerPoint, looked at, you know, kind of how we were going to scale the team offshore presented it to them, and they were like, huh, that's a really good option, let us think about it. Came back, said yes. Right. So we ended up setting up a Philippines corporation. My business partner flew out to the Philippines. I actually stayed on as a director in the local SEO company while he was in the Philippines kind of getting our operation set up. Right. Mm. So you know, I was there with our client, which is our first and major client, uh, working in the office still, even though I'd signed over my paperwork and had quit basically. Right, so I'd quit, but I still had an <laughs> office there. I still had a desk, and I was kind of a consultant at that point. And Joe had, you know, gone off to the Philippines to run our operations. So that's that's kind of how we got started, you know, uh, abroad. I guess is, is uh, mm, yeah. we saw an opportunity, jumped at it, you know, pitched our bosses, and, and they said yes.
0: Gotcha. And I'm curious, like, have you? Besides the real estate business prior to that, did you guys have any business experiences or that was
2: pretty much it? The the Really, really minimal. I mean, I I'd done some eBay drop shipping so and this is back you know, before <laughs> dropshipping was even kind of possible, yeah. or even kind of uh, you know before um, it was popular. as proliferated
1: as it is today.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. So so I'd done some uh, like there were like baby G watches. I don't know if you heard of these things. Like little rubber watches. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. Twenty yeah. bucks. Yeah. I was buying it for like five bucks, and and I uh-huh. realized even though it was pretty good margin, um, I realized that the customer service aspect—if they take any of my time on a product that I'm making fifteen bucks on—it's completely not worth it. So. I quickly learned, okay, I need to get into like, you know, fake drill, like drills made in China and that kind of thing, because at least they're, you know, hundred bucks or whatever. Right. And then mm. I got into jewelry for a bit, but, um, but there's heavy pressure on, you know, $1,500 pair of earrings. So right. like the margin pressure of the bigger companies, they're going to squeeze me the hell out. And I realized that. So I made some money doing that. Um, while I was in college, it was helpful. But you know, I don't know. Not much business experience, more hustle experience. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it go hand in hand, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One can yeah. build into the other. <laughs> it's
0: That's pretty interesting. So you were, you've always kind of had your, your foot in that pool of. I'm gonna try. Let me try this. Let me try doing this. And, and I know my friend. I know my friend did the Lacoste thing in high school. That was a kind of a big deal. Buy some Lacoste from India and resell them for. You know $30 and there you go you've got you know
2: your margin right there you know yeah Uh, there's there's always arbitrage opportunities it's really interesting I know a guy right now that will uh, order stuff on Amazon he'll put a listing up on eBay right just for selling this thing whatever let's say it's 600 bucks And then when someone orders it, he'll just simply go over to Amazon, find the one that gives him the most margin, ship it from Amazon directly to that customer, (laughs) just on eBay, and he's making money on this, this, yeah, this, this arbitrage between the two. And for whatever reason, Hmm. maybe eBay's older, so like it gets an older crowd. It's been around a lot longer, but people are willing to pay more on eBay for some items than they than they cost on Amazon. It's crazy.
0: Right. That is wild. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. He's not
2: balling. I mean, he's not going to make that a multi-million-dollar <laughs> business. I mean, it's a hustle. Sure. While you're living in Chiang <laughs> Mai or whatever. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely hard money. It sounds like you got to watch. Yeah, these. it's.
1: Go ahead. It's kind of incredible that kind of that that's possible, though. You know, but yeah, I guess I guess it goes to show you, though. There's, there are a lot of opportunities out there if you're kind of like looking for them. You know. Right. Um, oh. And I guess nowadays, Justin, you uh, so you got. Um, yeah through all this, you got yourself set up. Um, and now you probably can live anywhere in the you can live anywhere in the world, right? At this point, like uh, you can run the business essentially as long as you have an internet connection and a laptop.
2: Yeah, I can run the business anywhere. you know on a personal level, it's a little more difficult. My girlfriend's mm. uh, Filipina, she's from the Philippines. Right. So she's limited with her visa. And so we could go to the U.S. to visit a bit. And we're actually working on that a little bit uh, in terms of getting her a visa. But, like, you know, Europe and, and the U.S., it makes it a bit more difficult. So I, I could go myself. But, yeah, right. yeah, that kind of sucks. So <laughs> we're <actually looking> <laughs> right. like South America is great for Filipinos. It's just so ridiculous. I mean, we've been together, you know, for years now. We've traveled to a bunch of different countries. But to put these, like, draconian rules in place in a situation like this just – It's a bummer, man. Yeah,
1: it it, it does. does, I I guess you are kind of constrained uh, to that. And it it sucks. I mean, as Americans, we kind of generally land on the favorable side of, uh, you know, visa laws and stuff. We can usually – we have the the luxury of being able to kind of travel pretty freely, um, which is a nice thing. But, um, yeah, it it does suck when I – I remember when I was, you know, in Southeast Asia and I would – you know, I, uh, meet, meeting locals and you see, like, it's a lot more difficult for someone who is Filipino or Thai or Vietnamese to just say go to the U.S. The way right. I'm kind of hanging out in their country. Yeah, I mean, so. I,
2: I, I understand the reasoning behind it. Like, we don't right. want a bunch of people coming over to the U.S. and just, you know, staying there illegally and trying to pick up jobs. I, right. You know, I, I, I get where they're coming from. It's just it seems it seems off especially for the situation right yeah it's, it's just it's my it's my rant man it's my yeah, gripe. <laughs> yeah i i, I <laughs> agree funny. with you man it's
1: weird i don't know i am like one of these hippies that thinks we're all one world kind of thing so you know <laughs> yeah um I, I i it would be nice if the border you know these fake lines that we have drawn on the maps weren't such a, a big deal you know agreed and maybe yeah. maybe maybe someday you yeah. may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only <laughs> one. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but John yeah, I Lennon. guess for, for you on a personal level, though, that uh, I could see that being kind of a logistical difficulty. Um, although, I mean, I'd uh, say to, to you be know. Fav-
2: I was gonna say to go back to business. Uh, things, sure, like I could. It does make it more difficult though to go to places with less worse internet. Like I'm a big fan of Bali. I love Bali, right? But mm. the internet is still a little sketch there. And I'm actually I was gonna go back this year to test it out. But on a longer term basis, if I want to stay there for six months, I think that'd be a bit more difficult. It's also right. there's also some value in being around my business partner. I think that we're still early enough in our business to where. You know, we have a small enough team to where, you know, being close to each other so we can meet up for strategy meetings, where we can just kind of right. like get together and kind of, you know, put some stuff together. It, it just seems right. to make a little more sense. I think as we grow, that'll probably be less uh, critical, but definitely in us, a, in, a, in kind of the, we're still, it, it's, it's all relative, right? But in our early stages of our business, at least in terms of where we think it's going to go, there's value in being close to one another. I, I
1: think there's, yeah, certainly, even if you can. You know, be saying working the internet from anywhere. There is uh, always something to say for the face-to-face kind of element being close, being in the same time zone. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. oh, that's uh, very helpful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, Mike,
0: Mike, and I have have uh, definitely had to fight through those yeah struggles. This podcast. Yeah. With, <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: when I was in the yeah, Chiang Mai, twelve hours apart from the U.S. East Coast, so we'd always have. Yeah, interesting challenges for logistics of podcasting.
2: It's it's morning or evening is (laughs) when we talk, right? Exactly, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) But
1: I guess it works. I mean, right now you're over in uh, Vietnam, and uh, you know, it's yeah, our late evening here on the U.S. East Coast. But for you, your morning. um, I guess there there is enough overlap of waking hours to make it work, Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. at least in the podcast setting. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it sounds like you've got a lot of. There's a lot of good reasons to live in Southeast Asia in general. You've got a girlfriend there, you've got uh, your business partner out there, and I mean, that's also just an awesome place. Um, I kind of miss it already.
2: (laughs) It is. We we actually so uh, when we took off in the Philippines, um, you know, I, I lived in the Philippines as a home base for more than four years, about four and a half years. And uh, when we took off, you know, at first I'd heard about this like kind of nomad thing. This is actually let me let me take a step back. So sure. uh, we had just gone through the process of selling our outsourcing company this last year. We had dropped a bunch of side projects, everything. And we really focused in on our marketplace, mm. really serving website buyers and sellers. Right. So and yep. we wanted that singular focus. But in doing that, we gave up the office that we had in the Philippines. We no longer needed that. All of our people are home base. And I realized that I can kind of I'm free. Like I can home base elsewhere. I can do the travel thing. I can do here two right. months, there, three months. And I said, you know, I'd really like to do that. I've been home based here a long time and I love the Philippines. I love Davao yeah. or where we were living. But right. I just, you know, it had been I was too comfortable, and it was time to to bring about some uncomfortability. So, you know, we decided to take off. And I realized I, I'd always thought like you had to do the backpacker route. And so, like Mm. you have to go to you have to go hostel to hostel. Right, it's not going to be as clean or as luxurious as as you want it to be. And you know, I started talking to friends, and they were like, "You don't have to do it that way, dude. You can do it any way you want." I was like, "Well, that's that's true." And uh, clearly, it's more expensive, but I have a bit. You know, I have a bit of money. I'm not you know broke. So yeah, maybe I'll do it that way. So you know, I have I don't do the backpacker route. You know, we have a couple of big pieces of luggage. I, I w- go with my girlfriend. We we actually, we, back in the Philippines, we had a maid and she'd been with us for about three and a half years or something and she was, you know, she's great, right? She did a really great job in cooking, cleaning, taking care of everything, laundry, like everything is just done for me. Yeah. It's actually one of the, the biggest benefits of being in Southeast Asia. Is just not having to do anything other than work. Right. With life. <laughs> and so I was worried about losing that because, like, literally, like you know, it's, it's like the magic laundry right. hamper. I throw laundry in, and it just magically gets yeah. like, like, cleaned and pressed and put back in the. It's it's like your mom, right? Exactly. So it, it was, it was fantastic <laughs> I miss I it. Said, I don't want to lose that. So I started doing the math, and I was like, you know, I think I can travel with my maid. And so I talked to my <laughs> girlfriend about it, and like, so we said, let's do that. So. Right now, it's the three of us traveling. It's me, my girlfriend, and our maid. And we've, you know, went to Chiang Mai, we hang out there, we're in Bangkok. And now we're here in Saigon, and it's been. Fantastic! It's not that much more expensive, and she loves the journey as well. And it's kind of a, a thank you to her for spending so many you know good years with us and, and helping us out And now she gets to travel around and do things that I don't think she would have been otherwise able to do. And so it's it's really it's a really good match. It's odd though. My, my buddies beat me up about it. They like, do. What are you traveling to, your, maid? You to your <laughs> But but it's, it's it's cool, and it 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 keeps everything. So like when you get to a new city, a lot of times you have to learn everything. Like okay, where do I go food shopping, right? Where's the best place to do this or to get that? Oh, my God, I need new pillows or wh- whatever you need, right. right? Yeah. And I don't have mm. to do any of that. So I think my kind of adjustment time into a new city is much, much less than it would be otherwise because I get on the ground and I've got someone to go figure all that out for me. Like, right. where can we go get this food? How do I get yeah. these cleaning supplies? How do I get this? And that's all done for me. Like, she'll figure that out. So that's that's really, really helpful.
0: Gotcha. I'm curious. So you're you're traveling a lot now. What's your main, what's your main um, venues that you're staying in? And what's your biggest motivation for
2: going places? Is it, you know, it's just, hey, I want to go somewhere. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I don't know. So that, that's a good question. So we, when we took off, we had some ideas on where we wanted to go. And, you know, we went back to some places that are spots we visited before. So, you know, we went to Chiang Mai. To start, we spent a little over a month there, and, and we went to Bangkok, which we've been to a few times, and uh, back to Saigon. I think this is our, our fourth or fifth time here, um, and we just we just kind of wanted to pop in, pop out, spend you know a month right. or two months or three months in these places. Um, there's some, I guess, I am looking at it somewhat strategically in that in Ho Chi Minh. I was telling you before the show, we have a bunch mm-hmm. of website sellers here, so they've built sites, yeah. and they have online businesses, that are making anywhere mm-hmm. from 500 bucks a month up to several thousand dollars four or five thousand dollars a month and they sell their sites with us So it's actually nice to do kind of the steak dinner Where you know, we take them out and talk to them about their website and answer questions They have they're considering selling with us and and those kind of one-on-one connections personal time is fantastic We've been able to do a lot of that here in Ho Chi Minh. So there's there's value in that Um, but so it's kind of a mix it's a mix of like there's some business interests and there's just some personal interest. Like, I'd like to, this year, get down to Bali, and there's no real business interest in me being the in <laughs> Bali, so. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's like, in um, the cities you mentioned, Chiang Mai and Saigon in particular, are very big in, you know, this digital nomad community. Um, so Huge. It, yeah, yeah. Like, those are the, maybe, at least in Southeast Asia, maybe in the world, the hubs for this kind of, uh, these kind of folks, so. Oh it's I mean that's where we met actually was in Chiang Mai. You, you were coming out to have a a conference kind of out there and so we had like there was like a dinner event and it was actually really cool. There was a whole dinner with different digital nomads, different online businesses there. Uh, it's a really those cities in particular Chiang Mai and Saigon uh, are probably I would imagine really great for you for networking with the yeah, community. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we've got plenty of of customers or potential customers uh, we've got you know podcast listeners and blog readers, and so it's it's really fun to to kind of be in places mm. where you know they are. You know, Joe and I were in in Davao City, Philippines, which is like this uh, third largest city in the Philippines, but it's down south. It's a little out of the way, like Manila, you've probably mm. heard of, and then there's Cebu, yeah. which oh, yeah. is kind of the secondary yep. city. But Davao is kind of this, you know, the the uh, um, stepchild down <laughs> south, and, and uh, but it's a really good city, right? But it's it's pretty off the beaten path. And so not a lot of people are coming through. It's not much of a digital nomad hub. So the only people we got down there were people that like came to visit us. So, like, probably once or twice a month, uh, we get people that come down and say, hey, I know you guys are down here I just want to meet up. And maybe they were looking for VAs or maybe they just want to come down and hang out for a bit. But right. you know, that's the only crowd we got. So, it was nice. You know, it's like, oh, you should come down and visit us. It's really cool. But then when we go to places like Ho Chi Minh and, and Chiang Mai, we're like, Jesus Christ. People are just coming right. through here. Like, yeah. not, just, just, like, blowing through. And, like, there's, you know, 20 new people here this week yep. really, as opposed right. to last week. It's, it's wild. Yeah,
1: it's pretty – it is pretty wild. I, I really um, – you know, I really appreciated that. I mean, I spent I did spend some time in Saigon um, a couple of weeks there, although I found that, for me, Chiang Mai was, like, the better bet just because I'm more of, like, the smaller town kind of feel, you know, than the big city thing, just as a personal preference. But, um, you know, I, I would loved it how you could just, in Chiang Mai, go to a co-working space, right, and you just meet all kinds of people mm-hmm. doing all yeah. kinds of interesting things yeah. on the internet. And I, I was, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I'm a digital nomad of sorts. I mean, I've got this podcast and a little... Like rental business, I can I run from my computer, um, but I always I aspire to be more of one, you know. So it was always really cool to be able to network with all those kind of uh, folks out there.
2: Right. Um, yeah, I think it's so that, I think I think the the concept of being able to be a digital nomad in the way that you want to be one is pretty interesting because. It's not like, if you know, people are thinking, uh, anyone listening to your show, for example, might be thinking, God, I want to be a digital nomad. And they think right. that there's a certain script <laughs> for that, like, you have to go do this. And I think right. that was one of the important distinctions I learned when, when I was just getting this started, is that you don't have to do it. There's no particular way to do it. You don't have to be the backpacker. You don't have to be the crazy baller. You can be somewhere in between, right? right? Yeah. And so whatever suits your particular
1: and, kind of style. Yeah.
2: And it, yeah. it's scary in that you have to make it up, but it's also exciting in that you get to, right? Right. Yes. Yes. It's yeah. both.
1: It's, you're right. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's very. It's very interesting because you know you if you can take any aspect of your current life and you know just be able to automate it or just do it from afar, you can you can do what you're you Justin are doing and be in Saigon or be in the middle of the Philippines and you know do it remotely. Like for example, Mike you've yeah. got you've got your um you've got your property okay yes if you if you had the ability to say purchase several other properties and do the same thing um who knows you may be able to travel indefinitely based on yeah. those profits oh
1: yeah i mean that's something i've thought about is yeah i i mean my plans are as you know kind of um they're being formulated as we speak. Right. Are
2: you trying to cash flow real estate right now? Is that your, um, how you make it up? I, some, some I do
1: have a townhouse. Do you buy condos, run them out? Well, I have one. I, ha- I was living in this townhouse in Houston when I used to live in Houston. And then when I left, I, I was re- actually renting out two of the bedrooms while I was living there. And when I left, I realized, oh, yeah. actually I can rent out the third bedroom and I can turn a small profit. Um, and it, <laughs> so, yeah, that's that is my business currently. It doesn't make me a ton of money. Uh, But it does it does trickle in. uh, It does give me some money. Um, And so that's my business I have right now. Uh, And I've thought about maybe I could do some more of those. So I'd have more cash flow. But the other side of me is like, well, maybe I should hold on to some of the cash I have. And there's another opportunity that will present itself. And, you know, so I'm still working out what I want to spring it into.
2: That's a tough that's a tough answer, right? Because like you're, you're you're looking at the long term value. Well, there's two ways you can make money with real estate, right? You can either make it through cash flow, um, or that, that you're real estate making, right. or, you're spending, or yes on the value of the, yeah. the home and that's actually, where I'm, actually there, right,
1: right now where I'm making most of it I, I lost money on the cash flow because I had like, some vacancy and some, some uh, you know, plumbing issues but the property value is going up so that was positive
2: <laughs> yes so, that's, so you're getting gains there which is cool but those are more unless you're, you're refinancing or something those are more long term gains so you're not going to yep. immediately see those but, but yep. you know the other thing though is that like, owning real estate is also very very there's no way around it it's a local game Right. right? Yeah. So you are absolutely gonna have to be tied to that location in some capacity. And you can have property management take it over, but they're gonna squeeze you for a piece.
1: Oh um, man, I I, you, I went that route and I had to get rid of them. They were they were fucking awful. Y- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So you're you're kinda you're kinda you're going to be and so it better be a location you like. <laughs> so well, it better I be know. a place that you want to go. Oh, they got family or something there. Right. Interestingly
1: hmm. enough though, I actually was able to manage the whole thing. Um remotely. I So I had this management company. That was the idea I had at first is hey, hire a management company, let them do it for me. And I, you know, in theory, it was good. But turns out they kind of just, you know, they they, add, they make their money from the maintenance mainly. So they add extra charges to yeah. it. And they, they were doing a lot of things I didn't agree with. Um, but, um, you know, yeah, I did have a vacancy period of time, but I was able remotely to find someone local, like a real estate agent to find t- new tenants for me. Um, You know, I did actually go to Houston uh, last month uh, in my kind of tour around the States and saw the new tenants as a good landlord should, I guess. But (laughs) you'd be surprised, though, I guess, uh, that even though things weren't completely smooth, um, I had a little more vacancy than I would have liked. I was able to get it done remotely just by finding finding people uh, that were local. So um, that's
2: that's that's interesting. You're able to get uh tenants in there. That's that's helpful. I think that's a big piece of it. Uh, you know, but also though, like yeah. if someone's leaving or something, and you know, the contracts or they punch a hole in the wall, there's like right. contractual work that needs hmm. to be done in the place. And I think I think definitely for periods of time, you could probably. If I wonder how sustainable that would be if you took off for five years. Like, could yeah. you fully remotely do right. it for four years, five years? I think that'd be. I think that'd be more difficult. I, still, though, I mean, I'm obviously my my bias here is I'm a little negative towards uh, physical real estate. I just, you know, I know some other people that are in the same situation that swear by mm. it. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's, yeah. Uh, I mean,
1: I, I can let you know. I'll let you know how it goes. Um, I I was certainly there was a big part of me that was having those thoughts like, hey, maybe I should just sell, get out of this game, not have to be tied to this location. Right. Um, and I mean, it turns out I just. I mean, I have to pay somebody. I, the real estate agent, like I, you know, she got the first month's rent for finding the tenants for me, right? So the, yeah. didn't, this didn't come for free. I had to pay the the price for not being there myself. Um, but I guess, you know, for me, that was an important thing: was to be able to. Uh, my thought process was: if I'm going to have this as a business, uh, I want to be able to run it in a location-independent way. Like if I ha- if it does require me going back to Houston, then I'm gonna. I'd rather sell it. Right, yeah,
2: that makes sense.
1: So I guess if it turns out to be too much of a burden, then I ultimately, yeah, maybe I'll sell it. <laughs>
2: yeah, maybe. Maybe. And because you can try to cash out at a time where you've got so much equity in like a shorter period of time that it turns out for a win for you. So, I mean, and you're not rushed. So, if, if you need to wait another yeah. year or two or you see like values, you know, really going up for a, a period of time or short sprint, then just hang on to it for a bit, you know? Right. Yeah. And yeah
1: y- I, I think I just missed a window, but maybe, <laughs> hopefully, I won't miss the next one. Well, we'll see. Maybe, maybe. I, <laughs>
2: I think what's interesting, like, you know, we're, uh, I'm going to tie it back to kind of what we do, but like, you know, we do virtual real estate, right? right? So right. It's, it's like, yeah, and I think similar. that's what's really exciting for me is like, we're, you know, we're in a position where you're buying real estate, but it's completely online, right? And it, it's more business focused than, than home focused, but I think, I still think that, I, I think the benefits of being able to travel wherever you want, not have to deal with any of the, the problems that come with being location are, are more apparent.
0: next time on walking the earth podcast you're going to hear part two of our conversation with justin cook we hear more about the empire flippers and justin talks about the point when he realized that his business despite the ups and downs allowed him to be location independent also we talk about entrepreneurship and a very cool topic travel hacking all next time on walking the earth podcast don't forget to subscribe at stitchers itunes soundcloud follow us on twitter at wte podcast and check us out at wtepodcast.com